0: Can actually use the stand, though.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> How's everyone doing? Is everyone excited uh, that the end of the year is coming? Maybe not. I don't know. doesn't matter to me. I don't have finals or anything. So, um, My name's Eric. Uh, for those of you don't know, hello. Uh, I've been on Staff Now of Challenge for four years. I became a Christian when I was a sophomore uh, in college, and I've... Stuck around Challenge ever since. I I work in biotech, the biotech industry now, as well. Um, So, go biotech. Um, Now, last time I was up here, I told you an embarrassing story about high school. Um, Rest assured, there's another embarrassing story coming. But, your favorite. Um, But this, we have to go way back, way back. Five years old. Now, five-year-old Eric loved dinosaurs. Um, Absolutely loved them. My dream job was own Jurassic Park. Uh, and then I found out how Jurassic Park actually ends. I decided that probably wasn't a good idea. But I love dinosaurs, and <clears throat> I grew up in Downey, California, which is like 20 minutes away from here. And Downey has this amazing dinosaur children's book selection at the at the city library. It is absolutely wonderful. There's like 40 different books, and it covers all the all the dinosaurs you would think of: Transverse rex, Velociraptors, ceratops, uh So all <laughs> Luke knows what I'm talking about. All the all the. <laughs> All the great dinosaurs, uh, even some more obscure ones too, uh, they have them all at at the library. So as a kid, I loved, loved going to the library and checking out the dinosaur books. And so one day I go to the library, and uh, again, I'm five years old, and all the books are there, and I'm just agonizing over decision, which book do I take? I mean, it was like life or death to me. I was like, gotta pick the right book. So I'm five five years old, I don't know when I'm gonna come back, I don't know when mom's gonna drive me back, so uh, gotta pick the right books. And so I'm looking at all these books, and again, there's like 40 or so, and I I can't I can't figure out which one I want, and I'm just like paralyzed there, just have no idea what to do. And then suddenly this idea comes to mind. I'll just take all of them. It seems to make sense. Um, and I'm five years old, so I'm not quite as tall as I was now, so I couldn't carry 40 books with me. So I. I had some friends with me at the library at this time, and I enlisted their help, and so these, this little squad of five-year-olds are carrying every single dinosaur book in the children's section up to the, to the front. And so I, I pull out my library card, give it to the librarian, and she says, oh, Eric, I'm, I'm sorry, there's a limit. You can only take out five books. And so I said, oh, well, that makes sense. And you know, with all the dignity of a, of a five-year-old could muster, I just burst into tears. <laughs> 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 just sobbing, <laughs> I want all the dinosaur books. Um, and my mom rushes over. She's like, Eric, Eric, think about the other kids. I don't care about the other kids. I wanted all the dinosaur books. So my mom's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to form two piles. On this side, just your favorites. All the ones you really, really like. And this side, the ones that can wait. And so I'm like, okay. So again, just agonizing over the decisions, throwing the books out. And so at the end, I have 40 books on this side and zero on this side. Mom says, I don't think you know how this works. So... We do it again, she's holding up book after book. do you like Tyrannosaurus or Velociraptor? It's like the March Madness of books. <laughs> Finally, I, I think the librarian had pity on me and I, <laughs> she let me take out seven or eight or something. I get my books and I go and, I, and I'm able to leave and enjoy my dinosaur books. Now, this is what we would call analysis paralysis. It's the idea that you have so many options before you that you just cannot figure out what you want to do and you just freeze. There's a lot of dinosaur books. And, and we, I'm sure all of you have experienced this. I mean, have you ever been in an ice cream shop? 31 flavors is a lot of flavors, you know, and we're just faced with all these decisions and we don't know what to do. Now, it is humorous when we think about dinosaur books and and ice cream, but when it comes to important decisions in life, this can be really stressful and and nerve-wracking, terrifying in a way. Uh, You know, how, I mean, summer is coming. How do I spend my summer vacation? Do I take that big internship if it means I have to move away from home? Do I stay home? Do I... Do something with challenges, a lot of different decisions. And if you aren't sure, it can be kind of stress-inducing. You know, what kind of person, person should I date and ultimately marry? This is a, a giant question. And there's a lot of options. You know, What kind of person am I becoming? What am I going to give my life to? These are giant questions in life. Um, and choose wrong, and you can, you can really mess, mess stuff up. Um, but if we actually look at reality, tear back kind of the complexity of life, at the core, when you look at life, there's only two choices. That's it. The choices are, are you going to follow Jesus or not? That, that's it. Uh, there's, there's no more significant question in life than that. Uh, the answers to all of these big questions we talked about, if you answer that first question, am I following Jesus or not, you'll, you'll be able to figure out the answers to the other. And not only that, your entire destiny in this life and the next really depend on your answer to this question. Am I going to follow Jesus or not? And Jesus addresses this very thing on the mount. We've been looking at this sermon now for the entire semester, and this is it. This is the, the last thing in the sermon that Jesus chooses to talk about. And as, as, hasn't this been a, an incredible, incredible message series? Um, we've learned so much, and Jesus has painted this, this amazing picture of what it is like to live life his way. What it is like to live life in the kingdom of God. Um, It's it's an incredible life. It's a life where we treat people how they want to be treated instead of exercising judgment. It's a life where we aren't slaves to money. We can give freely. It's a life where we don't have to posture or perform. Uh, It's a life that really changes your heart at a deep, deep level. And we start to see markers in life, the Beatitudes, uh, what they're called meekness, righteousness, mercy, peace, uh, it's a life of influence. You see that you become salt and light in the world. And it's a life of eternal value. And really, it is living as God intended life to you lived. And it's not just something uh, that is off in the future. It's something that is available to every single one of us in this room right now. It's this wonderful thing. But the question is, are you going to live it? You know, are you going to follow Jesus or not? And so to end the sermon, Jesus presents this in Matthew chapter 7, verse... 13 through 14 and he tells us enter by the narrow gate choose to follow me enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are um, it kind of seems when we put it this way you know life or destruction like a very obvious choice if we were to walk into an ice cream parlor and there's two flavors, life or destruction, poison, do not eat, you're not going to say, can I have a tasting spoon to try one? No, it's, it's very clear we want life. And, and that's true if you kind of think about it. You know, when you really stop to think sin is stupid, it is. I mean, if, if God really is who he says he is, he is this loving, all-powerful um, being that Everything he does for us is either to protect us or provide for us, if that's really true. And not only that, if this amazing picture of the kingdom of God that we've been looking at this whole semester, all these promises that God gives, if those are really true, then it makes total sense to, to follow Jesus, to to choose to, to do that every single day. And yet, people are still choosing destruction. And now you may be thinking to yourself at this point, but I'm a Christian. I'm good. You know, I've, I've chosen the next path, I'm good. And that is somewhat true. I mean, if you have genuinely decided to make Jesus boss of your life and have entrusted your trust to him, um, that is true. You will spend eternity with God. Um, and that's an awesome thing. But at the same time, you know, you can create a lot of destruction while you're here on earth if you're not following Jesus every single day. I mean, you see that all the time. And there are people who are Christians and genuine Christians who who mess up and do some really stupid things. I mean, we, we flirt with destruction all the time in our lives. Uh, a, a guy I once heard described it like this, I am one bad decision away from ruining my entire life. And that's true if you think about it. I mean, there's a lot we can do. There's a lot we can destroy if we're not following Jesus. We have to choose to trust and follow him every, every single day. Um, but that's difficult, isn't it? And why, why is it? Well, it says it right up there. The other way is easier. You know, it's easier to, to just judge people instead of treating them right. It's easier to hoard all your money and spend it on yourself instead of giving to others. It's easier to let lust run unchecked. It is just easier to make life all about yourself and gratifying yourself instead of using your life to bless others, as, as the kingdom of God and this sermon has has taught us to do. And not only is it easier, but there are many other people... Who aren't following God. And so there's this pressure around us all the time. These people who are living lives in different ways, the culture around us, telling us to just just take the the easy way. You don't have to follow Jesus. And so Jesus uses the end of his sermon to to warn us against this temptation, the the, the temptation to just take our cues from other people around us, the temptation to just take the easy way. Um, And he calls these people false prophets, and the idea is that these people are, are claiming they know truth. They're claiming they know how to live. But when you actually examine their lives, they're, they're missing it. They're not telling the truth. Now, false prophets can be anyone. They can be anything. You can be a false prophet to yourself if you're not telling yourself the truth. So look what Jesus says in Matthew seven, fifteen 15 through 16, 16. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit or figs from thistles. Now, he uses here agricultural imagery. Again, figs, thorn bushes, and all that. And that that makes so much sense to us if we think about it in agricultural terms. Um, now, I, I like apples, one of my favorite fruits. <laughs> I eat one every day. Um, now, a fruit that I don't like as much is a pe- pear. I don't understand pear people. Sorry. <laughs> I don't like them. I'm sorry. Try an apple, they're better. Um, I don't like pears. I have split the room, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't like pears. Now, if I were to tell you, you know, I really, I really want more apples in my life. So I'm just going to go plant some seeds, and I'm planting these pear seeds all over. You would say, Eric, you, you fool, don't plant pear seeds. You don't like pears. <laughs> apple seeds. right? It's, it would be dumb to plant pear seeds. And yet, in life, we do this all the time. You know, the the way of thinking here is saying that I can live life any way I want, and I can still reap the benefits of the life that following God brings. And that makes so much sense to us when we think about plants, but in our own life, we we miss this all the time. We want to be men and women who have these deep, strong relationships, and yet when the chance comes to, you know, love someone, to treat someone as we would want to be treated, we instead respond with impatience and judgment and, and jealousy, uh, we want to be men and women who have giving hearts, and when the opportunity comes, we, we don't give, we don't serve. We do this all the time. We're just planting, you know, planting thistles and thorn bushes, hoping to get grapes and figs, and it, it, that's not how it works. We want so badly the, thing that God, the very things that God talks about in the kingdom of God in this sermon. You know, pure hearts, a life of peace, eternal impact, and yet we just go on sowing seeds of destruction. And so Jesus tells us, beware of this kind of thinking. It's not right. It's, it's false. And, and he shows us the outcomes in the verses verses 17 to 20. He says, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. You will recognize them by your fruits, by their fruits. So you only have to look at the, the result Of people's behavior the result of their life to see that the people who think living life their way is going to lead to the right outcome they're wrong they're just producing bad fruit and you see there's only there's only two choices you're either following jesus or you're not you're either a good tree or a bad tree it's life or destruction Uh, there is no shortcut there's no way around it a bad tree will produce bad fruit Your intention doesn't matter. Again, if I intend to get apples, I'm planting pears. It doesn't matter what I intended. Your desire doesn't matter. I really want these apples so bad, I'm still planting pears. The only way to have the life that God promises us in the Sermon on the Mount is to follow Jesus his way. That's it. Uh, There's no question about it. And the second way of thinking is, the second way that false prophets can lead us astray is they say, well, maybe if I just say the right things. Maybe if I just do the right things, that'll be enough. You know, if I'm just a good person, maybe if I just say Jesus' name and, and say I'm Christian, it's kind of what Connor was talking about in his testimony. Uh, you know, maybe if I say this, I'll be okay. Maybe there's a magic formula that gets me into the, into the kingdom life that I want. Look what Jesus has to say about that. Verses 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I, being Jesus, declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from you workers of lawlessness. You see, Jesus reveals the truth about these people. He didn't know them. You know, what, what are they emphasizing in this passage? The people. They're emphasizing what they did what they said look at all we did you know we we said we did it for you but jesus reveals the truth it wasn't for me i don't know you you don't know me despite what they said they weren't doing it for him they were ultimately doing it for themselves that they could get the life that they wanted um, instead of actually following jesus like he says you see life is found in knowing jesus that is the gospel I know we are no longer separated from God by our sins, the things that we do wrong. Instead, we can know him personally. He has bridged that gap through Jesus' Jesus's sacrifice and, and resurrection. That, that's what it's all about. So do you know Jesus? That's the question. Have you entrusted your life to him? Or are you just pretending, trying to do this, trying to say the right stuff, do the right things, and thinking that, that's enough? It's not. There are only two choices. You either know Jesus, you're either following him, or you're not. That's how it is. And so to finish this sermon, Jesus gives us one lasting image. And it's an image that's going to illustrate the difference that a life spent following him makes. We find this in verses 24 to 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, will be a rich man who built his house on the sand. The winds blew beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Let me ask you a question. What color is the house? Red, maybe. Is it one story, two stories? Is there a nice little pool in the backyard? I don't know. You see, no detail at all is to the house itself. Just a house. I mean, they could be the same exact house. We we don't know. Um, It is just insignificant to this story. What is significant, though, is the foundation that the house is built on. And that made all the difference. And that is the significance that Jesus makes in our lives. He is absolutely vital to the structure of life. You, know, you could build your life masterfully, use all the greatest materials, have all the skills in everything. But if you're not following Jesus, if that is not the foundation of the choices you're making every single day, that's the result. It's just going to crumble eventually. Things are going to come up. Winds are going to blow and beat against your structure and it, it will fall and great is the fall. It's kind of sobering, isn't it? Uh, But the the other house, the one that has Jesus as as its foundation, experiences the same exact things. It's the same exact verse, 25 and 27, until the result. Uh, That's the significance that Jesus, Jesus makes. There are just two choices, life or destruction. Build on the foundation of following Jesus in everything you do or don't. And there's only two outcomes, life or destruction. And so looking back at all that Jesus has talked about, the invitation is there for all of us. The question is, are you going to accept it? Are you going to follow him? And so I hope you say yes. <laughs> Again, when we think about it, it, it seems so obvious. Um, I hope you say yes, because it is going to make all the difference. But as Jesus said in the very beginning, this is hard. Jesus says that up front, the way is narrow. So how do you stay on track? How can you build a life that's resilient? that can keep going when, when confronted with these temptations from, from people who think they know the truth but don't. Because life is long. I mean, we're all, we're all very young. Um, and the goal here in Christian Challenge, and not only Christian Challenge, but God's goal, is not that you just walk with Jesus for a semester or walk with Jesus throughout college. We, we want to be walking with Jesus for our entire life. Because this is a lifetime thing. You're building constantly. And if you're not building on the, the right foundation, it's going to crumble. So how do you kind of get into the habits of of, of following Jesus with your life. Well, I think there's three habits that I have personally found to be very helpful for me in in, in doing this very thing. The first habit is making it a habit to get to know God. Now, maybe for some of you, you need to get to know God for the very first time. I I don't know where you're at. Um, Maybe for some of you, you've known God for a while, but you have to keep getting to know him. And God is just so big. Uh, You... There is no dearth of things to learn about him. Uh, we can always learn something new about God. Uh, so for me, what getting to Know God has looked like is I, every, every morning, uh, I'm not perfect in this, but every morning that I, that I can, I, I spend time reading the Bible. Um, we call this a quiet time. I spend time reading the Bible, getting to know God, seeing what he's like, what he has told us that he does in, in Scripture. Now, why do I, why do, I do this? Well, first of all, scripture shows us what following Jesus is really like. And that's what this passage is all about. Here's what following God is really like. And the more you get God's word into your heart, the more you understand and the more you see it, the more you see what he wants you to do with your life. There's a lot there. That's why scripture memory is so important. You know, you start to get the word into your heart. One of the very first verses I ever memorized was Psalm 119, verse 11. It's going to be up there on the screen. It talks about this very thing. You see, getting to know God, getting to know what he says in his word, that's a a way we can use to stay on the the narrow path. You know, it's really helpful. Uh, And not only that, as you make it a habit of getting to know God, you really start to see how trustworthy he really is. And he really is, as you read. You know, God does not rip us off. It may seem like that sometimes when we're trying to follow him, but God has has never ripped any of us off. He He is faithful, and you learn that as you get to know him more and more and more so start to get to know god every day just read a little more and over time you're gonna to get to know this this amazing god that you serve the second thing is get into the habit of following the spirit the holy spirit now when you become a christian the, the bible says the holy spirit comes to live inside you and what the holy spirit does is it guides you along the way as you're making these decisions throughout life the holy spirit guides you Isaiah 30 talks about this in verse 21 and it says something. There it is. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Again, when you're choosing between life and destruction, do I follow Jesus or not, the Holy Spirit is there to guide us, to help us figure it out. And so when you feel these promptings, and that's what it is, it's kind of a prompting, almost like your conscience, you can think about it sometimes. Uh, the Bible says don't quench it, don't just... Say, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, Don't ignore it. Uh, Follow. Follow these promptings that the Holy Spirit gives you. I never knew the context of this verse until preparing for this message. Um, And the context of this passage is God is actually talking about his grace and mercy. And then he talks about this. Isn't that interesting? You know, the fact that we have the Holy Spirit inside us, the fact that God is there trying to guide us is an act of grace and mercy in our lives. He's Trying to protect us from making dumb decisions and, and doing things that will destroy our life uh, in Joel two thirteen i don 't have it up there, but um, the Bible says he relents over disaster. God really does not want you destruction. He loves you. He loves every single one of us in this room, and he has given us the Holy Spirit to help guide us through this challenging life that we live um, the habit of, of following the spirit, again the habit of learning what that means and practicing. <clears throat> The third habit is get into the habit of being in community, <coughs> being around <coughs> excuse me, being around other Christians who can really help you stay on track. Now this has looked like a bunch of different things for me. Um, one of the big things is I'm involved in a local church, and so I just have this great picture of what following Jesus looks like at many different stages. You know, married, starting to have kids, forties, fifties, sixties, older even. <coughs> um, and there's people around me who, who know me and know what I'm like, and I'm able to talk to them and get to know them, and we just together work together to, to stay on course. Uh, but not only that, I do, uh, I do other things as well. And one of the big things for me is I have an accountability group. It's four other guys, and we meet uh, about once a month, and we just try to keep each other on track. We call it our Roots group. Uh, we called it Roots because uh, we actually formed this group as we were all graduating uh, from USC and our, on our last spring break trip at Hume Lake, uh, we went to see the sequoia trees. And the sequoia trees, what they do is they knit their roots together, and that's how they're able to grow so tall because their roots are together. So we called this "roots." And our our idea was, <clears throat> we want to do the same thing. We want to knit ourselves together so that we can stay on course, grow into the men that God wants us to be. So we meet once a month. Um, we ask each other very difficult questions: Are you really following God here? Are you? really doing what you say, Are you? who are you becoming? Um, it's hard. <laughs> it, it's hard being honest. Um, you know, opening takes a long time because it's just a lot of talking and questioning, uh, but it is so valuable. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, I love this group, and I love these guys who I meet with. Um, and it's just so helpful to have people in your life who are going to tell you the truth. Um, not out of malice but out of love. So I do that, and thing i do to stay close to community is i regularly get input from older wiser christians than i am you know uh, for me it's jeremy and neil and they they have seen many more things than i they have walked through situations that i can't even imagine right now um, they have just a lot of wisdom so i really ask them for advice on how to uh to do this well and how to walk with god well ecclesiastes 410 about this nine and ten talks about Staying close, because they have reward for their toil. For if they, woe to him who is alone and has not another to lift him up. So you're going to you are you are you get onto the easy path, um, but if you have other people, it's a lot easier. Um, woe to you if you do not. So that's the third habit: practice getting into communion staying in it. And you know, if you get these habits into your life. Um, even though Jesus says it is hard to follow him, this is going to make it a lot easier. And it is worth it, let me tell you. Um, I was driving home one night after Challenge. It was, this was about a couple years ago now, and I was driving home, and I was tired. I'm tired a lot now. You know, I'm, I'm old. Uh, 27 is over the hill now. Uh, you know, when I was in college, uh, I was crazy. Uh, I uh, would we'll go to Challenge. Then afterwards, we go to Chick-fil-A, Of course. Um, then after that, we would go back to Bonsalo and play board games till like 2 in the morning. And then I would have class or, or ministry team or something at 8 a.m. the next day. And I wasn't tired. I could do that. Um, not anymore. 10 o'clock. As soon as I graduated, 10 o'clock became my bedtime. Uh, so I was driving home, and I was dead tired. Um, it had been a long day at work, and I guess that's another thing. You find when you graduate that every day at work is kind of long. Work is hard. People always say, oh, was. Long days. Like, you say that every day. And it's true. <laughs> so I was driving home, and I was just tired. You know, and I had, I had just finished going to challenge, and it was late. So I was just kind of thinking, and, and this weird thought came into my mind. It was just one of those thoughts that you think, whoa, like, where did that come from? And the thought was, God, you have ruined my life. That's literally what I thought. Strange. It's a weird thought, right? That's not true. I love God. God has really helped me in my life. But this thought, you've ruined my life. And so I started kind of thinking about that and, and fantasizing over, you know, how how different my life would be if if I wasn't following Jesus and just the, the cost associated with that. You know, I started becoming envious of my other coworkers. You know, they were all home while I was here at USC, um, a part of Challenge. Uh, you know, there was a Dodger game I wanted to watch. I didn't get to see that. I was tired at I was envious that they could just go home after work and just rest. Um, I was envious that these other people, they had more money uh, than I did, you know, because they're not giving to anything. You know, if I, if I wasn't following you, God, I would have more money. Uh, I could do fun things like go on vacation. Uh, all my vacation days are basically Hume Lake and FDC. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wish I could just go on a cruise or something. Uh, and even, this is a weird one, but I thought it, you know, you've even kind of ruined lust You know, before I was a Christian, I didn't understand how dangerous lust was. I could just do it. I didn't care. And now it's just, no, okay, got to stay on track. And so all these things are (laughs) coming into my mind. And it's just like, it would be easier not to follow you, God. You have ruined my life. Um, Weird thought. That's what I was thinking. Um, But lucky for me, I had built these habits that I just talked about into my life. And so the Holy Spirit brought this verse to mind that I had just read that morning. This is the verse, Proverbs 23, 17 to 18. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all day. And your hope will not be cut off. That's what God reminded me of. That's the truth. Because I I follow God, because I follow Christ, I have hope, I have a future. It's, It's worth it. And God started to remind me as I was driving home, dead tired, of just... All that has changed in my life since I decided to follow Jesus. Um, if you had known me before, you would not recognize me. Some of you did know me before. Um, you know, I was really wasting my life away just kind of watching TV, playing video games. Not that there's anything inherently wrong with TV and video games. I still do that, but that's all I did. Just wasting my life. Instead of having a life of impact, I was just looking at screens all day. Um, my heart was like hardening like, like this rock. As I, as I continually just wrap my worth and my status around the, the size of my bank account and just fantasizing about being rich instead of, you know, now giving and, and finding a bunch of joy and doing that just as Jesus promises, um, I was this person who had this beautiful image in my mind of the perfect marriage, um, finding this perfect woman one day. But when in reality, I was just neck deep in lust, porn, all these things just rotting my brain away. And just wasting my soul away online. Um, and now I'm, I'm totally different. You know, I was exactly what Jesus described before. I was someone who was planting thorn bushes, desperately hoping to, to get grapes and figs. I was hoping, hoping that just as long as I don't do anything too bad, I'll be okay. As long as I don't do anything too bad, you know, it'll all turn out okay. Um, I was choosing destruction again and again and again without even realizing it. Um, I have no idea where I would be right now without Jesus, honestly. Um, but he came, and everything changed. He saved me from from all that, that direction I was headed. Um, and so finally, the truth came to my mind. God, you have not ruined my life. You ruined my destruction. Just totally, totally came in and, and took that away. You know, I was heading, uh, again, I don't know quite where I was heading, but it was not a good good outcome. And God just totally destroyed that and he saved me from all that. Um, in his kindness and love, he he came to me and rescued me from myself. And but so I'm going to keep following Jesus because it is worth it. And I'm just not saying that just standing up here cuz I'm a, a campus minister and I have to say that. You know, I'm saying that because it is real in my life. I have seen the difference that Jesus makes. This passage, this Sermon on the Mount is one of my favorites in the Bible. In fact, chapter 6 of Matthew is my absolute favorite thing in the entire Bible. I love it. Um, And it's not because it's eloquently written or has beautiful imagery. It's because it is so real to me. Yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. Is it hard to follow Jesus? Yes. Do I still choose the easy path sometimes? Yeah. And are there days when I doubt whether it's worth it? Yeah. But I remind myself of the truth of what God has really done for me and what that has really looked like. Me and so many others. I think Psalm 107 puts it really beautifully. And I encourage you to read the entire Psalm. It is absolutely fantastic. But this one speaks to me in particular. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities, suffered affliction. They loafed any kind of of food and they drew near to the gates of death. That was me. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. There are only two choices in life, life or destruction. You're either going to follow Jesus or not. But if you choose Jesus, the kingdom of God doesn't have to be just some Thing you learned about in college one semester it doesn't have to be just some other passage of scripture that you read it can be real for you it could be what you experience in life and that is just absolutely amazing and and it's an amazing thing that god is so loving that he would give us that i can't even adequately express it with my own words so are you going to follow him that's the question that is before all of us. uh to end tonight and to end this entire series uh I want us to watch this video. Um, it's this video called Falling Plates. I don't know if anyone has seen it before. Um, but it's this really great picture of what Jesus has really done for us. And it uses this great imagery. Um, and it's, it's extremely moving. So uh, I hope you enjoy this. So we'll watch this and then I'll pray and we'll go back to worship.
1: You. You. Look at your eyes. Look at them. Speckled, colorful, each one unique. And I created every one of them. I created everything, the universe and you. I gave you your personality. I made you pure, complex, every day I give you life I love you but something happened you cheated on me you didn't trust me you sinned you cut yourself off from me and although you're still alive Slowly dying. So you looked for other things to fill the void. But nothing works. It just kills you faster, and it separates us more and more. searching for. I don't want you to die. I created you not to be destroyed, but to know me. So I became one of you, a fragile creation. I was tempted, but I never sinned, I came to save you. You have so many sins, and they have a cost. Someone has to die, you or me, so I took on your sin in my life for yours. did all of this to have a relationship with you. Will you follow me?
0: Let's pray. Jesus, thank you uh, that this is uh, not just some words in a book, but this is life, and um, that you have offered it to each and every one of us. Uh, Thank you for your incredible love. I, again, I can't even fathom or explain in words. God, thank you for all you do for us. I pray, God, that uh, as best we know how, God, and that you would help us. Thank you for the spirit. Thank you for the can rely on. I pray that you would just help us to follow you so that.